The Buffalo Bills claimed victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last Thursday night, and it's time for a deep dive into that win. And UPL posts a shutout on the so-called hottest team in hockey right now, all with the usual hot takes and more. This is the Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. back with the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly and as always I'm joined by none other than Dom Loss. And Dom, we talked about it on Friday. We did a mini recap of the Bills win against the Buccaneers. Um, came down to the Hail Mary at the end. It was unsuccessful for the Bucs so the Bills take the, vi- the victory after a couple lackluster offensive starts. And we're going to dive into a little more the highlights, the Dom 5 you're going to get today. But Dom, just recap. Any 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 other lingering thoughts after this game's marinated a little bit after the past couple days after watching the week the slate on Sunday I should say and Monday. Um, I mean the Bills got the job done. Obviously, it's a big game coming up against Cincinnati that we'll preview on Friday. But no, I mean I don't. I think we're, I'm I'm ready to kick it with some video analysis and and the Dom five. But again, we just the Bills needed to win. It didn't kind of matter. The style mm-hmm. points at this stage of the game for me doesn't mean a whole lot obviously it was nice to see that this was kind of a, a an offensive uh breakout game from the slump that they've had for the past three weeks and yeah now honestly it's all about stacking perform offensive performances up at this point you know you, you saw that they're what they're capable of early in the season you saw what they're capable last week it's now can they do that for a full 60 minutes right uh, and can they do that consistently week in week out and uh well next week they play the, obviously the Bengals and the Bengals have a Solid defense, but it's definitely a defense that this performance can, you know, happen. You know, they could continue to go on this because I think the Bucks and Bengals have similar ish defenses where I think they're maybe a be- average to above average, but yeah, they're definitely not um, elite elite. No, and you know this this is a big game as well, uh, seeing how the playoffs ended last year and getting smacked at home. So we'll talk more about that on Friday, though. If we are ready, I think it's time for some rolling of the highlights so let's let's take a deep dive here we're going to look at all the scoring plays all the touchdowns on the day first we're going to kick it off he puts the cape on you know who i'm talking about superman josh allen he does it himself zigzags oh pump fake even though he's way past the line of scrimmage gets right in stares down a defensive back as he just points the ball over the line absolute savage he's back i mean look at that look at that the camaraderie the fans going crazy beach balls snowing here today as we're filming this so it's crazy but look at him just eye down look at that savage at him just eyed him down and went for it i mean that's the josh allen we're used to seeing you know the one who did this against the dolphins the the you know running in and doing that and it's it's good to see the offense kind of get back in that rhythm like you said and get in the the end zone for the score so um allen doing it himself to start off the game gets the fellas motivated someone else does it though for the first time in the season and their career Dalton Kincaid is going to get the touchdown pass on third and 12. And let's just, I mean, take it in. 
Dalton Kincaid masterclass here. Just absolutely burns past the defensive back, jumps into the stands. Mafia welcomes him into the end zone for the first time this season and in his career. I mean, looks a little scared after he's being grabbed like that, but I mean, you know, <laughs> how, how could you not be? Everyone's all excited. Allen swings out to the right here, and Kincaid hasn't been targeted crazy amount during the season, but when he has, he's been locked down right there. Running with Allen, gets open for the touchdown. Can't ask for anything more out of a rookie tight end, especially when he's the only active, healthy tight end on the roster. And that's what you drafted Kincaid for, and you saw it in practice right there. And now, I think there's someone they call Big Game Gabe, right? I, I think we've seen him, too. I mean, they spread the ball around. Everyone got a piece of this pie. Allen to Davis, fading into the end zone. Boom. Uncovered. Uncovered. Just by himself. I mean, it's it, it was unreal to see that and see how many times Allen really did spread the ball around. I think this was a career high in receptions from different receivers from him. Davis is just burned in the end zone. He's just he's alone. Um, that's that's Gabe Davis. I mean, we saw that. That's the type of touchdowns we're seeing out of him in that Chiefs game. Breaking ankles, getting open in the end zone, um, disguising himself, getting out of there. And listen, it like you said, it, and like I said, it came down to the Hail Mary at the end, unfortunately, right? After seeing these great highlights, you think, oh, they blew him out. There was no way, right? It came down to the end, unfortunately, but but it was a bounce back, like you said, confidence builder win for the Bills. They needed this win, no matter what. If it was ugly, not as ugly as the Giants win, but it was it was, you know, it was a duel after a while, and they they got it done at the end of the day. So it's all you can ask for, right? Yeah, I mean they they <laughs> unlocked Josh's legs a little bit. Yep. Obviously, we're gonna see in you know with the ten day mini buy. Uh, if that shoulder heals up a little bit more, where we see a little bit more of that, obviously getting Kincaid a little bit more involved. Uh, last two games, 13 catches for 140 and a mm-hmm. tud. Obviously, that's big-time fantasy football production for a certain person in the room. Yeah, uh, 17 and a half points from a tight end. Look at that. Come what, on. What? <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's insane production from yeah. the tight end uh, position. But it's kind of the guy that we always thought he was going to be when they got drafted. It's bizarre that it, it took them – Eight what? weeks, <laughs> seven six, weeks, really? Six weeks, because week weeks. seven was like his his aunt. Like, yeah, like, technically, yeah, technically. So mm-hmm. it's weird that it took, I mean, a month and a half yeah. into the season uh, to, to finally kind of unlock this. But I think that's a long time coming, and I think for Allen now to trust Kincaid is is massive for the future of the team throughout mm-hmm. the season, and obviously through many seasons after that. And Did you hear what he called him after the game? Who? Kincaid. Josh called Kincaid. S- stupid rookie, but stupid. He said stupid fucking rookie in the, in the press conference. They call him SF SFRs. That's because he he got he, the ball for him, and Kincaid just didn't get the ball for his first touchdown. So he said, even though he's an SFR, we're gonna see. You know, I, the trust is. You know, that's it's it's be building a, between them. Wonder so. if that's gonna be a, like a Grape Davis shirt. It might be a Grape Davis SFR with Kincaid's face on it. Come on, that'd be um, cool. But again, he's he's developed the last. Two weeks, I think PFF said he has an 80.0 receiving grade, which is mm-hmm. the highest on the team. I think he's just starting to get a little bit more comfortable. I think, obviously, you never want anyone to suffer a concussion. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm making that point now. But no. sometimes missing a game and seeing a game from a different perspective, we see this all the time in hockey. I think that might have helped open some stuff up for uh, Kincaid, like taking the game off and just focusing on the little details and seeing from a different perspective of not having to be playing but right. watching the game and still being a part of the team. So maybe that week off really you know, rejuvenized him. And 
Uh, it's good to see. It's also good to see Gabe Davis come alive a little bit in the short passing game. Obviously, it's not like his skill set, but mm-hmm. like I think he showed that he could do it. And obviously, uh, clearly Shakur. Yes, we were pounding the table after last week, <laughs> the week before. Of we think this guy separated himself from wide receiver. Obviously, we. I mean, we had a dom five about. Um, is it over? Is the experience over? Uh, <laughs> is the Khalil the whole Shakir tra- experience he was, done? Because yeah. <laughs> he was awful in training camp and he wasn't getting a lot of opportunity, but I think you do have to respect yeah. um, his ability to as a blocker. Uh, that, that That's what earned him the app. It's a great lesson for anyone looking to get a role in football is, you know, Khalil Shakir got playing time because he was willing to do the blocking and the dirty work and, then he started now get opportunities in the passing game, and then when he made plays in the passing game, he's going to get more opportunities because of the trust of Josh. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a little disappointing because I thought we, you know, we would think maybe Trent Sherfield will kind of have this role of being the blocking wide receiver in the in the slot and getting plays, but yeah, it seems like Shakir's really outplayed him, and I mean, obviously he has, and we're uh, seeing some Deontay Hardy out there as well, which is nice as well. You know, well he's just an auxiliary piece, he's yeah. a secondary piece. But I think, but I think the main pieces of Going forward, of Diggs, Davis, Kincaid, Shakir, and Cook are going to be the main pieces of the offense going forward. And then, yeah. you know, the Knoxes of the world, the Tardies of the world, the, the Sherfields, the, the Latavius Murrays, or now Leonard Fournette. Um, <laughs> the, they're going to be like side lenties. pieces that yeah. may have impact on the team, but they're not going to be. The, the offense won't follow through them. So uh, it's very exciting. But I think with that being said, it's time. I'm so excited. The weekly segment. I've been waiting since five. Thursday. Come on. This is the we longest I've like, had to wait. Yeah, Carrie Underwood, Carrie Underwood waiting all day for the Dom 5. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We need to break a remix of it for you. Yeah, I know. My singing voice has already got people to get off the, the stream, but that's okay. Uh, here we go. Sorry. Your distraction ski. Josh Allen bounces back. I think Josh wasn't awful against the Pats. It wasn't obviously to the degree of the Jets game, but... Yeah. I think he played a pretty helpful hand in why they lost in New England. Obviously throwing that stupid interception, not seeing the field particularly well on some plays, not setting the protections right. He had a bounce-back game over 300 yards, nearly 75% completion percentage, two touchdowns. The interception was an unfortunate play. Obviously he ran for about another 30 and another tut on the ground, so... My man bounced back in a big way, and uh, he he has a big-time matchup. Uh, coming up against Joe Burrow, uh, kind of, you know, maybe, maybe that is a new rivalry that is forming. They've only squared off once officially. and Listen, the way last season went, um, unfortunately, the first matchup you didn't get to see much of due to the unfortunate Tamar Hamlin incident that occurred on the field. Well, but the playoffs, I mean, the Bills got battered by him. So this could be a brewing rivalry between the two, AFC, AFC rival maybe. And the biggest question that we will have to ask ourselves on Friday and we'll discuss is, is this the best quarterback matchup of the weekend? I would say so. Mahomes and Tua? Hurts oh. and Prescott? Press, listen, okay. I, Dak, I Dak's played well. Dak's played well, I, but I'm already seeing Dak's better than Mahomes, uh, Tua, Allen. Like, no, 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 no. I'm just saying. No. He's got to be <laughs> But uh, on, on to number two of the down five. Sam Martin has a career day. Uh, yeah. As one would say, a performance of a lifetime. Yes. Obviously, it is quite unfortunate that his last punt went for a touchback because it was a beauty. Mm-hmm. Who I think he was feeling himself a little bit and could have maybe got a fair catch at the 10 or maybe punted out of bounds. So it was for sure outside the 20, sure. But 
you would have wished Surratt Neal for how much money they're paying him for special teams would have downed that. But so many cough on punts. It's the reason why I was okay with McDermott being very conservative throughout the game is because Sam Martin was doing his job. It wasn't like the Tampa Bay was consistently starting at the 20. You consistently put them inside the five. Obviously, we got disappointed when they got it at the eight on a mm-hmm. month. So, yeah, if you're getting disappointed when it's put at the eight-yard line, yeah. you know you're having a good day. And we talked about that on Friday, too. Um, that was – Hey, listen, we give, punters, we give punters some love on the Except Buffalo. Except Matt Hawk. That's the only one that we have not, So and still continue not to. Yes, continue not to. Sorry. <laughs> down, third, of the, gosh, third of the down five. The Kier Elam situation <laughs> grows dire. Yeah. Um, I don't have to make it this anymore. It's a situation where we're an injury away from Josh Norman probably playing meaningful snaps on boundary corner. Hey, he had a good day. It's the reason why <laughs> I'm fully on board with them maybe making a move for corner, even if it's as small as, I know people are going to hate this, but as small as Levi Wallace for like a six-round pick. Like Adding someone that knows the system and can at least step in and be, not, maybe not even be good, but at least like know the system and wouldn't feel completely awful. You feel bad that he's out there, but not awful. And I don't know. It's a situation where not Kyrie just doesn't play special teams. And if you're not going to play special teams, you're not going to find a role as a backup position player on this team. So I think that's the biggest thing from that. I don't think it's a benching from necessarily like they think Josh Norman is a better cornerback no. than Kyrie Lim, But I think they think Josh Norman is a better overall contributor to the team right now yeah. than Kyrie Lim because of his special teams ability. And you saw that with the kickoff return tackle. And then yeah. he made another one in special teams as well. So... He took that stiff arm by Derrick Henry to heart. It is frustrating, frustrating, though. It's a situation where I would like Kyrie to still be out there, still be active to try and get something, because at that point you're just selling really low on him. I don't think they're going to trade him at the deadline. We talked all last time about Bryn being talking about Wyatt Teller, and they think they they gave up too early on him. I think they're going to stick with him, especially because he's cheap, too. So at that point, trading him for a fifth-round pick is just kind of, I don't know, he's cheap at this point. He's on... Less salary already for next year, two mm-hmm. years because he's and you could give him. I'm not going to pick up his option for sure, but um, yeah, they're going to keep him. It's just it's a situation that I don't I don't know how it becomes positive for the Bills, but yeah, I guess it's wait and see. On to number four, the Dom five. Mm-hmm. Dawson Knox equals Wally Pip. Do you know who Wally Pip is? Um, I've heard of Wally Pip. I don't know. I don't know if I can call off the top of my head who what what. Shocker! The bandwagon Yankee fan doesn't know who Wally Pip is. It's not a bandwagon, okay? Listen, I just I I I <laughs> pre- my family is full of Yankees. Fans. The Red Sox fan knows who Wally Pip is. Listen, okay. I- I'll give you the rundown. Just give me the rundown of Wally Pip. I the don't rundown. know who Wally whoa, Pip is. Whoa, I don't know. That's like a highlighted word from the previous podcast. Okay, give me <laughs> give me a workup on who Wally work Pip up. is. Wally Pip. You know, first baseman for the Yankees during the Babe Ruth era was like, you know what? Not feeling it today. Back's a little tight. First baseman, I'm, I'm going to call it. I'm going to take the day off. Probably could pl- play if I wanted to, but I'm going to take the day off. You mean but, Deshaun Watson? Yeah, let's let this backup <laughs> schmuck uh, Lou Gehrig play first base. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, Lou Gehrig played first base for 2,000 straight games after that. <laughs> Wally Pip never got a starting spot back. No. So sorry for Dawson Knox. But you are Wally Pip. You, you, uh, the next game that Dawson Knox is active, he should have a Wally Pip jersey on. I don't even know the number Wally Pip wore. But, um, you wouldn't even know it's his jersey, honestly, because yeah. they don't wear names on the back. Also incredibly accurate. Uh, that's why your franchise is a bunch of losers. But um, you can't even grow a beard. What I mean, come on now. 
police officers can't grow anything but a mustache either. What are you saying? Okay, well, you're comparing a baseball team to a police officer? It's, it's, it's respect. It's respect. Come on. Class? Class. But yeah, back where I was. Back where I was before we got distracted, of course. Um, Don Kincaid has taken over tight end one. He's a situation where... I I don't this the Bills have been solid in twelve personnel. They've been solid in eleven personnel. It's not I don't know why, where people get the notion that they're just awful in in twelve when they're really good in eleven. They killed the Dolphins they're in good, twelve personnel. They're good in both. Mm-hmm. I think it's a situation though when they start running eleven personnel, the tight end that stays on the field should be Dalton Cade instead of Dawson Knox, uh, and that's just how it's going to go. I think for the rest of the year and. It's kind of hard to tell which one with the numbers, though, sometimes. I'm like, oh, who's down? I still still think for Knox is a situation where he's still going to be a piece of the offense. I just think he's going to be a secondary piece, as I alluded to earlier. Yeah. They can't, listen, they can't move off of him. He's going to be on the team next year. It's a situation where even if they cut him post-July 1st or trade him post-July 1st, just at that point, it's just not worth the dead cap that they would have to have for that. So he's going to be on the team next year. And he's not an awful player. Like, Dawson Knox is a solid player. Do I think his contract, is he not living up to his contract? Yes. Do I think his replacement is better than him? Yes. I think Dalton Kincaid is a better tight end than offers more to the team than yes. Dawson Knox. Yes, he, he, yeah. he can still contribute Blocking is still Knox, yes. but I think the difference, I just think Kincaid is just special. You have upside with Kincaid, there's just a, diff- a lot there's of upside. A special difference with mm-hmm. Dalton Kincaid as a receiver. But going on to the... The next, and I, I, I miscounted, but I think this is. Fifth I think you're final. on five. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think this is the sorry, the Wally Pip thing. The final. Can the holes on defense be fixed? So I think we we saw a unique way of filling the linebacker hole mm-hmm. of hey, Dorian Williams, Tyrell Dotson. Like, can you guys be productive on early downs? Do solid in the run game on early down passes, not be completely picked apart as liability, and then on third down, knowing passing downs. We are going to put Taylor Rapp in, and we're going to put Jordan Poyer in the box as the as the linebacker. I love that. I, I think that is a unique idea. Mm-hmm. Now, Dan Larsky on ESPN was like, "Oh, I don't know if they start getting run on that." I was like, "I think that'll be fine because I think their stra- their, their plan is not to permanently put Poyer down. I think Poyer will be a situational linebacker." Yeah, which when is, you know it's a passing. When down. it's third and yeah. seven, mm-hmm. third and six, third and five, like Jordan Poyer will be in the box as the linebacker mm-hmm. and. On first and second down, you're going to have a more traditional Tyrell Dodson or Dorian Williams, whichever one is playing better. Mm-hmm. It's just a situation where they don't get exposed. Their their weaknesses is obviously pass coverage, yeah. And they can both those guys can make plays a little bit in the run game, and to limit that exposure, having Taylor Rapp, who's a who's a solid cover line, you know, solid safety, come in, and then just having Poyer, who's a good cover safety drop down, I think, helps your team a lot. And we saw it, obviously, in Tampa. But it comes down to, I think Puna Ford's played solid the last two weeks. Obviously, they're going to get a little bit more tested with Cincinnati and the Eagles. So, I I don't know, maybe adding another DT won't be the worst idea in the world. Right. Um, Especially with the Eagles, best offense. I just think corner, corner is the number one concern. It's mm-hmm. not anything that Dane Jackson or Christian Benford has specifically done. It's the fact of... If one of those goes guys go down, Kyer. they're really screwed. It looks seems like, mm-hmm. and I, yes, I know. Even if you get Levi Wallace, like you still probably somewhat think that. But adding just a small piece or adding a big piece like Jalen Johnson, I I think would be helpful uh, to add some depth to the cornerback position. So that that's where I would look at the most. But listen, man, the Bills, Sean McDermott, they're figuring stuff out. A little bit with the defense of what needs to have happened. We saw with the linebacker. I think DT is kind of 
they're just going to roll up the punches, it seems like. Maybe they add someone for cheap, but I think corner is the one position where if they don't trust Kyir Elam, they have to add another corner outside boundary corner. I would agree. I would agree. Especially, I mean, I do like Elam, and I wish him the best, but at the same time, he has not proven on the Bills that he's the he's the one to come in and do that. I mean, Benford, same draft class technically, and has been exponentially more productive than Elam has on the field. Well, I think the frustrating thing for Elam is this, and probably we should discuss this during the actual Elam segment of the down five, but <laughs> we'll just pretend we're done with the down five in this yeah, Elam yeah. segment. He hasn't... There's been a misconception of the struggles of Kyrie Elam, of uh, the fact of this. He has not been bad in zone. So people that are like, oh my God, he's a man corner, they turned him, they tried to make him a zone corner, he's awful. He has not been bad in zone. He's been awful in man. Mm-hmm. And for him Funnily to, enough. Fu- yeah. that's, how, that's why mm-hmm. I get a little frustrated with all this talk of, yeah. oh my God, like he's, he's like, a, he, like they, they just missed draft pick because the, the, he's a system fit. I was like, that, that can be partially true. I'm not saying it was an exact system fit, like obviously that, but he's actually stood up well in zone coverage. It's man coverage. He's been awful. And that's the thing that was supposed to be his bread and butter. He's too grabby. And he's honestly, for a good, he's a solid athlete. He's very stiff. With mm-hmm. the hips, it seems like he's not very fluid. He can't and you really saw it in the ja- you saw it in the Jazz game, like they were playing man coverage, and he was getting cooked out there. So I get a little frustrated with people going like, "Oh, but like," and then like I I just don't love counting stats. I I never will, especially of cornerbacks, because you don't fully know what's go- you know. But is, is he having a safety over the top the whole time? Like you, yeah, you, know you I mean? like you don't know that specific I, stuff. We don't yeah. know that well enough. Mm-hmm. So like when. People, I'm not going to say the name, but, like, the one dude keeps t- tweeting out that, oh, compared to Christian Benford and Dane Jackson, like, actually his counting stats, like, mm-hmm. match up. It's like, yeah, but is he doing his responsibility in run defense? Is he doing his responsibility being prepared for the yeah. game where you have trust? Yes, oh, put the notebook on the cl- the plane, but so a big part of playing is, is trust. It's the big reason why Levi Wallace, as much as no one seemed to like him, the reason why he was out there is because they trusted him to at least do his job to the best of his ability. Well, whether that ability was good enough to have him be on the field, it was always questioned. But we all knew that, hey, he's a limited cornerback, but we know we know he's going to be prepared. He's not going to make a mental error. Right. You know what I mean? It's not going to be like, oh, he's going to screw up that we're supposed to be in in man and he played a zone and didn't follow the the crosser and now it's a 30 yard gain down yeah the field. no you're not going to get like, any of that like yeah i think that's mm-hmm. the problem with kair is that the the coaching staff truly just doesn't trust him mm-hmm. and he's also just been straight cooked in man and listen he's also just hasn't gotten better with the fact of the two biggest knots that we had on him was tackling which right as he got drafted if you go back and listen to that episode we mention it was that and that he was very physical and that he's grabby mm-hmm. and he started against the Giants as well, but that PI like I don't think he's all. I don't. I don't think Kyrie Elam story with the builds is over. I don't think his chapter is over. Now I'm going to say that right now, and we're going to post this in an hour later. It's going to be that he's traded. Yeah, for a yeah. Six-round I pick. mean, we're filming this but, right right in the last hour of the trade deadline. But the trade deadline. So I think he's got to find a way to add value to the team that's not defense. Like I think he's got to start learning some special teams and. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like he needs to be more dependable. And I don't know how that – we're not in the room. We don't know how to give him the answers. But, like – Yeah. I, I feel like at this point he's got to figure it out on himself. He's got to have that come-to-God moment. You know what I mean? Where you're come like – Come to Jesus. Come, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just 
it's going to be him figuring it out. You're done being, you're done. It's like sending the kid off. You know what I mean? Like, all right, I've done as much as I can with you. It's time for you to just hit the world and figure it out yourself. He's got to do that. He's got to figure it out himself. And he has the potential. Like he has, he has the ability. He's shown it at times, especially at the end of the last year, Mm -hmm. but he's not just wasted space on the roster. Like there's a reason he was not good in training camp. Mm -mm. He wasn't good in the preseason. Nope. He got cooked by Calvin Ridley and the Jags. Yeah. So like, it's kind of like every every time he comes and plays, like it's kind of like, oh, this is why he's not playing. Like everyone gives the coaching staff a lot of crap, but like, how many tweets can you go back in that Jags <laughs> game and being like, oh my god, the coaching staff was right. Like he's just getting straight cooked out there. Yeah, right. Yeah. But like, I still believe that there's something left in him. Like I still think he could be a contributor to the team, which is why I wouldn't just sell him for biscuits. Yeah. No, because, you got to get a return from him. You know. Because. I don't know. I, I still think you, now if, if you're telling me I could get Jalen Johnson, the only thing that's holding up is I had to trade Kyrie Lam. Like I would do that, but like mm-hmm. I wouldn't just trade him for a fifth round pick because I don't think I don't think the Bills are in a position where oh we could trade away a cornerback outside. I, I need an outside boundary cornerback because they have a they have a plethora of nickel corners. I mean, they do. Taron, Saran Neal, even Cam Lewis is kind of now considered. I would consider him a nickel corner. So mm-hmm. like they have a plethora of people that can play inside it's outside that i'm a little bit concerned about which mm-hmm. is why i wouldn't move kair unless i'm upgrading the outside corner right if you're if you're gonna get a return that fixes that position yeah sure but i mean we're we're sitting in the midst of the final hour right now right i thought it, i thought it ends at four or does it end at four? Oh well we got three hours then so i don't i don't know what's gonna happen we'll see i mean what do you foresee a lot of people are saying they see the bills making another move other than leonard fournette right they technically just grabbed him, though, out of free agency, didn't they? Or is he not playing? He's on the practice squad. He's on the – well, I know he's on the practice squad. Or what practice squad was he on? He was a free agent. Yes. Okay, that's what I was asking. Yeah. Because I went on to his Twitter. It's just him playing Call of Duty. So I was like, we're just <laughs> grabbing a guy who wasn't wasn't actively practicing or anything. So, you know, I was like, man, maybe we could get him for a stream to play some COD. But anyway. Talking just, about Leonard Fournette Leonard, do you quick. think Do you think we get anything else before? Like, We're talking about Leonard Fournette real fast. Okay. I think he's an improvement on Ty Johnson. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's better than Latavius Murray right no. now. So, yeah, could he get a couple of touches and could he improve on Ty Johnson? Sure. People, people acting like he's like... Playoff Lenny? I, mean, I guess we'll see. I mean, I, I mean if he is, like, <laughs> like good good for the Bills, like, that's a good pickup. But, yeah, yeah I'm not going to sit up here and be like, oh, my God, he's good. Like, I'm not going to overwhelm with it. I Do I love how he played last year? No, because he played... If you look at, you know, the statistics, you know, the analytics... He's very similar profile to Delvin Cook, and we all yeah. have. I mean, Delvin Cook has not worked out for the Jets. Not so at all. It's a similar situation where do I think he's an improvement on RB three, and if there is concern that hey, this neck injury for Damian Harris may be a long term thing. Yeah, I'm okay adding insurance. That. That's, yeah, that's whatever. That's yeah. a smart move mm-hmm. to add some insurance. So I wouldn't be excited if you off. start at all. I, I just wanted to a brief thirty seconds because there is people that I know that are saying, "Oh, he's better than Latavius Murray." Listen, no. Latavius Murray has had a little bit of a rough go of it at, at the goal line. Some of it's the shotgun runs. He's getting stuffed a little bit on the short yardage, which we need him to be better at, mm-hmm. for sure. But overall, I still like what Latavius he's, Murray has He's done. got more upside than, um, what's his name? I just completely lost it. Leonard Fournette. Jeez, that, that's yeah. a senior moment for me at 21 years old. But, 21. but <laughs> going to your point, corner, I, I just think maybe maybe if, if the Jalen Johnson thing is so high, like his price is so high because he wants to get paid. Mm-hmm. Like there's problems of... Because you don't give up significant assets if you're the Bills if you're not going to get him a player back. Right, Like, yeah. the Leonard Williams thing never made sense for me because 
trading a two and a five for a guy that you're probably not going to resign doesn't make sense. If they traded two and a five for Jalen Johnson and got a contract extension, that makes sense. But it, maybe there's concern that Jalen Johnson's kind of maybe he's talking himself out of the trade market because his contract demands are so high. So mm-hmm. at that situation, I would pivot to a lower corner. I mean, maybe one of the Panthers' corners, again, Levi Wallace. But I, I would pivot to a corner that you could get for relatively cheap. That's a rental corner at that point. Yeah, He's a long-term corner. He, he would be like, a, you know, you want to lock down. We don't know about Trey White's certainty. His career will lock down that part. But if that, that that's like the home run mm-hmm. if they get that. But if they don't, I think adding a depth corner will make sense. But. Yeah. No, I would agree. I, I just – it's going to be interesting to see what exactly – the move is if there's a move. I mean, you're getting your hopes up that something might come exciting, but I think playoff Lenny might have been the <laughs> the most exciting thing to come out of the weekend, honestly. And again, if you go and look at his Twitter, it's just him streaming on Twitch. So that, that's all he's been doing recently. So um, we're gonna we're gonna see how that goes. Like you said, though, um, Latavius Murray, I 100% agree, is in a better spot production wise than Leonard Fournette would be. Maybe he surprises. I don't know. I mean, I, I he could. I have no idea, but. I think Latavius Murray is going to stay running back to over Leonard Fournette for the rest of the season and postseason. So that's that's that. But any uh, any lingering Bills thoughts here before we 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 travel to a stunner or chat about maybe a stunner in UPL posting a shutout against the so-called hottest team in hockey? The, let's, the let's, get, let's get right into it. Yeah, it might as well, right? I mean, it's just okay. Sabers play the Devils, right? You're sitting there. You're like, okay, they played hard. They did. They Josh lost. Dobbs got traded to the Vikings, they saying. Dobbs did? Yeah. Oh, also, Kirk Cousins real quick. That's horrible, by the way. I, I have to throw that in there. That that was that's just Do you think uh Jameis Winston goes? That's the rumor right now from the Saints no. to start there. No. Who, Josh Dobbs. Do you think they just They just trade for Josh Dobbs? Oh, Dobbs. That's what yeah, said. Duh, duh. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, all right. Sabres. Sorry. I well the Sabres. Devils, a good just, game. Lost, unfortunately. It's a situation of this with the Sabres. Yeah. They played three really good games this week. They and did. last week, excuse me. And to go two and one in a solid, it's tough to not go two oh and one. This is the most frustrating thing about the Sabres is that they're four and five and all five of their losses are in regulation, so they haven't even been able to get a point. No, yeah. Which I think is frustrating. They haven't even won back to back games all year yet, so um, it's a situation where they need to get hot. Obviously, playing the Flyers back-to-back starting tonight, and they play them uh, in Buffalo, I believe, on Friday. Mm-hmm. That's a huge moment. Like, this is a huge – those are huge four points. Those are four points that you got to beat bad teams. Mm-hmm. The Flyers are a bad team. They, they try very hard. You respect them. But, man, that would be huge. But to shut out the Avs is a huge momentum boost. The To beat your division rival in Ottawa is huge. I'm frustrated by the Devils' result. Because I think they were better than New Jersey that day. Yeah. And for them to not get that done is really quite unfortunate. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, it's hard to blame UPL coming on, you know. For I mean, Comrie no one foresaw Comrie getting injured, but I mean. I mean, Comrie getting injured is tough because now he's on IR Levi, I, it seems like Levi is healthy enough to back up UPL tonight because they put Cooley back down. So maybe oh, okay. we'll get you, Levi on Friday. 
But no, it's nice to go two and one. Obviously, the the defense has played really. the The team defense has continued to play well, and the offense is coming around. I mm-hmm. believe now they're over fifty percent expected goals for on the year, which is fifty percent as average. I think they're fifty two now. Yeah, so that's a good. That's a good mark. That's an above average team. So mm-hmm. I think they're getting. They're gonna wake up. The, I think no they're question. gonna wake up. The PK is legit. The PK is now. I think we've had. An, I think they went six for six against Avs. Um, the PK I think is legit. Mm-hmm. The power play is a struggle. I, I, I don't know what to do with power play. It is <laughs> it is a situation with this. Skinner's Everyone knows what you want to do. Like, you want to feed Tage. Yeah. So then you had to figure out... They just had to figure out a counter to either get... They can't let Tage just sit there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to get covered. That's two issues. Two issues is this. They had to figure out a counter without mm-hmm. Tage, and they had to figure out how to move Tage around to open up shooting lanes for Tage. Because you just can't let the start like it's like like when you double coverage a star wide receiver. It's not like you're just never gonna throw to the receiver now because he's double coverage. Like he's still your star wide receiver. Yeah, he's still your best power play option. But it's also a situation now where the power play has to wake up a little bit. I think I'm concerned with the goal. Listen, Eric Kami man just can't stay healthy, which is really unfortunate. Yeah. And do you have something or? Yeah, we have a little bit of breaking um, NFL trade news. Sorry to keep. No, it's, in a, it's all right. Um, I saw the phone toss and I was like, Yeah, the Pittsburgh Steelers have traded cornerback Levi Wallace, the former Buffalo Bill, and a 2024 six-round pick to the Washington Commanders in exchange for a 2025 fourth-round pick and a 2024 sixth-round pick. Nothing exactly like. Groundbreaking, necessarily. So they basically but. traded Levi Wallace to trade up in the sixth round and got a fourth round pick. Precisely. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. Yeah, that's a. Yeah, that probably be a. I don't know. That's an interesting price, but maybe they think they're going to get Jalen Johnson. I saw that they were one of the four teams interested in him. So a lot of the comments are just LOL on the tweet, by the way, announcing that. So I don't know. I don't know. How I don't I know. Uh, I think they would have been more satisfied in firing Canada for the. I don't know why Washington's but. buying after they just traded Montez Sweat for a second round pick, but there we go with that. Um, <laughs> back to the regular <laughs> back, schedule. Back to the program. regular schedule broadcast. <laughs> um, the goalie situation. Listen, you play. I played well. Um, I guess it's his opportunity now to be consistent. Um, hopefully Levi comes back and, um, you know, can get a start here this week to kind of get his season back on track. Um, so uh, the goaltending situation is just going to be inconsistent now, which we kind of already expected it to be, but if they could just be average, I think this team, if the PP can, can step it up a little bit, the star players, I still don't think, I still think people have not, Tage has gotten incredibly unlucky. I think we still have guys that are still chugging along, like, I think Casey Mills and J.J. Paterka played really well. And they're a big reason why they've been able to kind of stay afloat with, you know, the star players not playing well. Those guys deserve some flowers. As I say this, Darlene is playing elite defense. I I know the points are going to tell you that he's having an elite offensive season and all, all that jazz. And, like, this point streak, I think he's at eight games now, which is the longest in franchise history from a defenseman tied with Phil Housley. I don't think he's been special offensively. I think he's just been solid. Yeah. And I think he has a level to go there. I actually think Owen Power has been the best Sabres player. I think you can make a case that he's been the best Sabre overall. I agree. So I think that's something to really look forward to. Briefly talking about the Zach Benson situation. Okay. So Matt Savoy is on a conditioning assignment with Rochester. I think that ends this Friday. I think he's going to come up and get his nine games. Because mm-hmm. they just put. Isn't Brandon that what we talked up. about in the beginning of the season? We thought was going to happen. Yeah, but the situation mm-hmm. now, if, if Benson grows interesting because he was injured, they bring him back, and then he like apparently re-injured his injury, 
that he what was, was did they even designate low, low, it lower body, body you yeah, know, of course. Yeah. stuff yeah so <laughs> that makes me like that makes me a little annoyed because it's like all right dude like if you knew he was that if you knew it was why'd you shit, play him why would we play him i guess yeah. but um my situation because they said he's week to week now i would think the sabers are going to, i don't think in the calendar year 2023 we are going to see zach benson play a game for the buffalo sabers in 2023 year so by the end of this year you think he comes back like the December thirty first, we will not see him again. After that or before that? Before that, yes. I think he is done. Yeah. Because I, th- I for the think remainder of the twenty twenty three part of the calendar season. year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think what's going to happen is I think he's going to be out a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. They're going to send him then back down to Rochester to do the conditioning assignment, which buys you like another two weeks. Yeah. And it's five games, and then by the time that comes around, the Canadian World Junior Team mm-hmm. is going to start having training camp for the Canadian. The world, I'm not Canadian, but the World Juniors in yeah. in, in December. Yeah, because it's. I quick. think he's then going to be assigned there, which then he'll play for Team Canada, which then happens over that winter term. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we're going to see Zach Benson for a couple months, which is fine because that, that keeps him around for the Sabers and keeps keeps him in the organization and not have to go back to juniors yet. Yeah, it's going to be weird for his development. And then I think Matt Savoy plays uh, the nine games, and we'll see what, maybe if he steps up. I think I'm. A little. Are you Brand- nervous about it? No, I mean Brandon Byro is currently up. I think he deserves an opportunity to play. I'm a little concerned. My biggest concern with the Sabers, because I think, uh, oh, Clifton got suspended two games, but I think he's been good. I think Yogi Kaiu has actually been really solid. My, and I, my biggest concern, obviously, is still goaltending because Levi being still maybe banged up, and now you're kind of rolling with UPL because Comrie's out long-term, mm-hmm. uh, definitely concerns me. My other big concern, and it's, um, we said it like, at nauseum, but it's just a little bit more, is that you're just really not getting a lot from Gergensen's and Oposo. And running it back there, I think we're going to look back and be like, mm, I don't. at the end of the year, I don't know if that's going to be... Because like, like, you're yeah. also not getting a lot from Krebs, and... I've been a Krebs defender. I think he's a feisty bomb six <laughs> four, but I, I always thought there was more. And every time he kind of gets somewhat of an opportunity he to play, kind of whiffs six, a little bit. Yeah, I don't think he has a point on the season. No, or, I don't. Or it's like one or two. Can I break so. in real quick? Yeah. Okay. So you know that Levi Wallace report? Apparently, it's fake. So that that is that. Um. So I tweeted out. So Aaron Quinn mentioned that. You know, he mentioned the. How mad am I going to be when the Bills swap a late conditional pick to bring Levi Wallace back? Whatever. I said, Levi to the commander, so we're all good. He tweets back at me. That was a false report from a fake account. Stay vigilant out there. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so we got we to gotta, we gotta keep our eyes uh, straight. Well, keep the tunnel vision going. So, I, we got to be we gotta be ready. So, I had right. to break in there for a minute. No, but, that's yeah, right. Continue your thought. Listen, we fact-checked. We fact-checked. Yeah, I think, listen, the power play has got to get going. Yep. I think that's the biggest thing that needs to get going. They're just out there. Skinner, listen, Skinner's not good on the power play. I'm sorry. He's not. He's not. not. That's just, that's continued. We've talked about that. That might be, maybe they change. Maybe they move something there. I have no idea. I have Milstad. Casey's not bad on the power play. So I, 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 listen. I kind of would put Milstad where Cousins is and put Cousins where Skinner is. Yeah. I think, I think they could use a passer, the left-handed shot where Cousins is. God, wow. Cousins is. Yeah, there you go. And I think Cousins would be a good down low player that can pass from the goal line. But Millsat's an elite playmaker. And I think having him in that spot where Cousins and then having Cousins replace Skinner, they'll never do it. No. But yeah, I would agree. I think that's the situation that they need to do. I'm excited for the Sabres because I think, th- I think this last week they've played really well. 
Yeah, they've shown the flashes they, of the team showed, they ended last season. They as. just have to start. Mm-hmm. Even when they lose, they had, they had to get a point. Yeah, they had to start getting you know, take it to overtime at worst. They had to play better in the third period. They lost the game against Montreal because of that. They lost the game because the Devils because of that. Like that's two times, and they lost that close game to the Islanders as well. So they had really three losses where it's like, man, if you had just played better, that game was up for grabs in the third period. Yeah. And it just didn't, and they almost, obviously, they almost cho- really choked against the Senders. So I think it's a situation where I'm excited for what's going to happen this week. I'm really on them. I think this is the time where they go above 500 on the season. Obviously, they're four and five. So obviously, they're close. Obviously, we're a tenth of the way, th- we're 10% of the way through the season already, which is kind of a little. Isn't that wild to think about? About 10. I should say about, about 10. About 10%. 82. Yeah. It's not fully 10%. Well, like I mean, look at it. I, it. At this point, you know this what the Sabres are capable of, right? You 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 watched them last season. They're the same team. Even better in some spots. Well, Tage is playing defense this year. Yes. It's legit. It's, right. not, it's, not, it's not fluky or anything. No, it's, no, no. It's legit. He's playing defense. And that's a huge, huge upside for Tage where we didn't see a lot of that last year. And we've commented on that quite a bit. The Sabres have the opportunity this season. They missed by a point after dropping eight games in November last year. They need to get above 500 and stay above 500. That's Basically, that's your goal. That'll get you into the playoffs, right? I mean, if you're consistently staying above 500, putting points up, and like you said, yeah, you're going to lose some games, but get the one point when you're losing yes. games. You know, like that's where it's going to come down to. And in a tough division, tough conference, tight conference, like it's just it's one of the most – Competitive conferences in hockey, like that's unfortunately no, is. where the Sabers are at this point. They're you have a, a lot of division. old good teams that are continuing to be good, and you have a lot of young teams that are really starting to put themselves together, like the Sabers, and they're just clashing. Like that's yeah, just what it's, you're a, it's a tough division. But yeah. they play. I'm sorry, they play Wednesday. They play it, tomorrow. I, I keep thinking they play today. They I, play the Flyers tomorrow. It's at probably because I read. It's probably because I read that text at midnight. Well, this, yes. this morning, yes. and read that as. Incorrect. I read yeah. that incorrect. They play. I, I was confused. I was like, TNT usually does Wednesday games. Mm-hmm. That's a that is a prime time, quote unquote, prime time game. I don't know if it's called that. National televised game, I should say. Yes. Uh, so they play Wednesday in Philadelphia, home against Philadelphia on Friday, and then that's the back to back because they play in Toronto for their first game uh, on Saturday. So I'm I'm gonna go two zero and one. I think they're gonna sweep the Flyers, and then they're gonna. I don't want to go three zero zero because I think I'll just like get hurt by that, but. Um, I think they play the Leafs tough and get a, at least a point out of that. So I think they get five out of six this week. I think they beat all three teams. I think they get six points. I, I think, think they go on their the run. The Flyers are a team that they got to get those four points. Yeah, but I think the Maple Leafs are going to get surprised by the Sabres. I think you've, you've seen Skinner this season on five-on-five five mangling teams. Absolutely mangling teams. He's gonna mangle the Maple Leafs. The power play he's gonna be moved off of by that point, hopefully. And we're gonna we're gonna see some middle stat production. I mean, listen. Who's the player we're talking about? Who's the player we're talking about after this week? I'm going to go Owen Power. We talked about we, him. Yeah, I mean, we I think there's did. a lot of people that praise him, but I think he's going to get. I think he's going to get points in all three games, and I think he's going to get five points in three games. I think we talk about Thompson because he has another one of those games where he gets four goals in the first period. Jeez. I think against the Flyers, I think we see another. That's not, that's not I think comedy. we see Tomer come back, the one Tomer. You know what I mean? I, th- I think we one see him Tomer. come back. Come on. I feel like we have to. I mean, we've seen it. Rizzler stat is out there, middle stat. He's still cooking out there. You know, so I, come on. He's like Toothless. He's lost a tooth. Yes. Come on. He's got the fire in him. Let's go. That dog in him. He's got that dog in him. He's got the dog with the missing tooth. Come on. 
Listen, I, I do think, though, I think we're on the up and up for the Sabres season. It's good to get the kinks out in the beginning, be just a game under 500 starting out in the first 10 games, really. Um, so I, I'm happy with where they're at at this point. They're showing promise going into these next three games that we're going to talk about. So you want to do a quick fantasy rundown if we have time? Like quick, quick. Quick, quick. Uh, 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 I'll uh, let you take it. I mean, I right, quick, listen. Quickly, quickly, we'll go this. Yeah. Uh, the producer took a rough owl last <laughs> this week. He follows the two and six. Now he's in sole possession of last place. He does play, however, this guy. Mm-hmm. You're three and five, right? Three and five now. Yeah. Three and five. You get a big time win against a team that was six and one, the yep. top team in the league. Took yep. him down. Uh, We're looking up. You had the Detroit kicker Patterson versus and Gibbs versus Laporta, and obviously the disgruntled. I was worried about Adams. Laporta and Adams. Once once Laporta scored the tutty, I was yep, like, oh, man. But you got the job done. I needed 10.4 points on Amara St. Brown to survive. It happens. Uh, one of our brothers, was pl- the two brothers were playing each other. Uh, the one brother needed 15.3 points from Josh Jacobs, and Josh Jacobs scored 16.3 points late in the fourth quarter on a catch for, like, 15 yards to beat the one, and the other one was incredibly salty about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Obviously, there was another... Uh, Close-ish matchup where someone needed uh, Jacoby Myers to ideally to score 13 points, and he scored like three. So that's a tough result. But lot, listen, lot of the, there's I believe two teams are at five and three, two teams are six and two, one team that has four and four, one team that has two and six, which is dead last. And then there are four teams that are three and five. It is a big week. It's a three and five versus a three and five this week. Obviously, we have Joe versus Mooch, yep. which is three and five versus two and six. So a lot can be. Uh, you know, after week nine, going into week ten, the last five games of the year, we'll, we'll know a lot more about the bottom half of the league and how that that could potentially shake out. And Listen, the chances for multiple people to do the punishment, I think, maybe at an all time high. After yeah, it is. It is. Listen, Especially if you because if you lose, then we're there's tied. Three teams that are going to be tied for last. Yeah, it's, so, it is. No, it's get it's getting exciting. Get your popcorn. Okay, ready. like it's, get some butter. Get some you know get some caramel popcorn. That's always the best underrated popcorn. Mm-hmm. No, it's listen. The season is long, okay, and we're at the point in the season now where it's getting interesting. And you know, teams are the projections just truly show that nothing really matters because I was projected to lose that game by twenty points. Listen, man, any so, any time you know any given Sunday in fantasy football, the parity in the league, all time high. The what? The parity. The parity. You know what parity means? Yeah, like the fake fake version of something. No parity. Parity. Like, anyone could beat anyone. Oh. You've never heard that word before? No, I've heard parody like a parody film. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that kind of stuff. Like, a song parody. Yeah. The parody, the state or condition of being equal. Oh. Well, interesting. Uh, I didn't know that. Every every team's close to being equal. It's like the NFL. It is. There's a lot of ties right now. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. But... That's going to do it for this edition of the Buffalonian Podcast. I'm Joe Kelly. I'm always giant. As always, I'm joined by none other than Dom Lawson. Thank you to our producer, Mooch, back there. Fantastic job rolling the highlights and doing the Dom Five and all the all the, even the even the phone toss for the fake trade. I mean, come on, like like come on. He, he's out. He's out there doing work. So, but Dom, how do we always end these, buddy? Go Bills, baby. Go Bills.